Hey everyone, my name is Petter and welcome to the first episode of Behind Massive Screens, a new podcast here from Massive Entertainment in Malmo, Sweden. Over the last few years, we've done an interview series called The Fika Sessions, which is now evolving from being mainly video into a pure podcast. The idea remains the same. Throughout the show, you will get to know our developers and get insights into how the games industry and game development work from a myriad of different angles. You will find a new episode once a month. We hope you join us on this brand new adventure and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Behind a Massive Screens, formerly known as the Fika Sessions. And we are here today with David, lead data scientist here at Massive Entertainment. Welcome, David. Hi, Peter. And thank you for welcoming me here. Thank always, you very much. Always. How are you doing? Ah, yeah, I'm doing fine. Um, I brought um, a lot of nice stuff to eat, and I can't wait that we, we go through all of this. So just to describe it, if you guys don't see it, we have croissant and we have a couple of these little sugar sweet tots. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, there, there's a lot of them. Can you just really quickly, um, because even if this is mainly audio these days, <laughs> we still have Fika here. Yeah. You know, I, I still want Fika. So <laughs> what are these? They, they are like some of them are across. Not people know what it looks like generally, but these tarts are like small, round Yes. It looks like they're covered in sugar. Yes, yes. And some fruits, but it's just for decoration. You know, we, we don't really care about, about fruit. But you have some orange, you have apple, you have plum, I guess. And then, of course, in addition to the croissant, you have, um, we call it uh, pain au chocolat. Mm -hmm. uh, but some people in France would call it chocolatine. So there's a big fight between those two regions for the same object. So, uh, just for you to know, it, it's good. So I call it pain au chocolat. And now... <laughs> we have upset yeah. listeners who just turning yeah, yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> but to get started, lead data scientist. Yes. Just to really quickly describe, what does a lead data scientist do in the AAA industry? Wait, the sound on my computer is still on, or <laughs> or are one of our producers uh, laptops? Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Um, lead data scientist. Yeah. What so, is it you do? Lead data scientist. So I'm, I'm leading a team mm -hmm. uh, of data scientists, simply said, and I'm really happy here to have opportunity to talk about the job of, of data scientists. So what is data science in general? What is a data scientist and what do we do uh, every day? Uh, what do we do for uh, games and what do we do at Massive at Ubisoft? So I'm going to go through all of this all in any order. Yeah, just name it. I'm really looking forward to learning more about this in general. Um, so I guess we're going to start out with what is data science? It's a very good question. Um, it's, um, I mean, beyond the hype and, you know, the buzzword, uh, it's, it's a real discipline. And as many disciplines, it has not just um, um, appeared from, from the void, from nothing, from nowhere. Um, we have been... Um, doing computer science, we have been processing data, you know, uh, for already quite a long time, and we have been also doing statistics for even longer time. Okay, statistics you can go back to 13th century uh, and uh, in the world, and 17th century in in Europe. Uh, but when something happened in the 20, 2000 years, uh, when 
um, there was a conjunction of several um, events. We were finally being uh, able to process bigger volume of data with uh, stronger CPUs, more processing power. And so these diff different disciplines starting to meet uh, and, and, and enrich each other with, with our practice and new discipline then uh, appeared with, uh, with its own ways of, of doing um, a lot of things that were done previously in different ways. For example, um, you could consider that data science is mathematics meeting engineering, um, can be statistics, advanced statistics, meeting uh, big data processing, and all of this together give this, uh, this uh, um, discipline. There is also a third element that is super important in this discipline. This is um, business knowledge. So when you have um, advanced mathematics, you have engineering, and you have the business knowledge, then uh, here at this meeting point, you have data science. Right. Can I ask a really, like, might be a bit of a vague question. How would you define data? Oh, data. I, it, you, you, you can't see David's face, but he's smiling. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes. All right. You can, I can take this piece of paper that nobody sees um, because this is just audio, but on this piece of paper, I can draw, you know, lines. And in each of these boxes, I can put a number or a word or something else. Uh, if I could put a video or a sound, maybe I, I would be super happy to do it, but just paper. And this would be already data, right? And the fact that we use computers instead of just paper, it's because it's much more convenient. We can, we can do much more things uh, more automatically than papers. But um, if you think about it, at the beginning of computer science, we had just, you know, punched holes in, in this uh, piece of paper, and that was data that was information right so we're gonna jump back to how all of this actually comes together that, that data and science comes together in the AAA industry but first of all i want to ask a little bit about your background how you came to massive entertainment oh that's uh yeah a long story but i'll make it like like short um my background is computer uh, science engineering um i i graduated as, a, as an engineer and then i decided that um, I would like to do research. So I went into a PhD uh, studies and when I got my PhD in machine learning, um, I wanted to go in um, industry to see you know, the different aspects. So academia is something, industry is something. And in industry, uh, so it was not the gaming industry, it was um, the information technology for travel, uh, for airlines uh, mostly. And in this industry, a big company, I was able to go through um, different positions from functional analysis to management, uh, even intellectual property, and of course, data science, which, which is still my, my major. Um, so I decided, um, I, I was really having fun and I, was, I had super nice colleagues and work environment in France. Uh, but at some point, I decided that I wanted something more, and I uh, I wanted to go in the games industry because games had always been part of my life. And I said, okay, why not just join the two passions in my life into one? And I started looking for um, an opportunity, and I did just found... I immediately thought about Ubisoft because, as a kid, I played at Ubisoft games. Um, and I know that Ubisoft is initially French, of course, uh, now it's much, much bigger, it's worldwide. And um, 
I discovered also, I, I knew Massive before because I had played The Division. And so very naturally I came onto Massive. And then I, on the website of Massive, I saw several things that also raised my, my attention and put it number one on, on, my, uh, on my wish list. The first thing was uh, this interview that actually uh, was done with your team of uh, Alessandro Canosa. Uh, talking about um, user research and data science, um, already uh, doing super super cool stuff, and also so the values of Massive, uh, I, yeah, it uh, kind of uh, had resonance with 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 mine. I say okay, if it's really, um, if it's as it is described in this page uh, on this website, then it must be the most fantastic place to work in the world. Um, so it was a no brainer, and I I, I had the luck to to be taken on board, and I'm still here. What was it? Uh, first of all, that article you were talking about uh, by Alessandro is, of course, still available Yes. on massive.se slash blog. Go in there, take a look at it. What, what was it? And first of all, Alessandro is a brilliant mind. He is. He, he's amazing. But what was it with that particular text and that particular interview that made you go, wow, this is it? <laughs> Because it's exactly uh, matching what I think we should be doing with data in games, um, how how data science can help making better games, which is what we do uh, here, which is the mandate of of our team and what uh, what we really aim at doing uh, even better and 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 being more ambitious also about what data science can do for games. Uh, so when I read this, it was it it was. A match with what I was anyway uh, following on my spare time. I was interested in this already, so it uh, it it was a, resonate, uh, a natural resonance with. Yes, uh, this is the way we should do it in, in AAA studios, and this is what I want to do. Yep, I think uh, just to just linger on Alessandro for two seconds. He yes. he really showed me as well because I, I used to work like opposite him basically. Oh no, he was sitting behind me. And there was one point uh, we were working in community at the time, and we were looking at stats and numbers and, and stuff coming from like sentiments. Uh, what do people think and uh, about the game? And then I remember at one point it was like, "Come over here and take a look at this." And then he showed me a map of data points he's done uh, of players in game. Got to talk about exactly what the details were, but that was the moment that I personally understood via him what could actually be done. Mostly because it was a completely different perspective. It was more not more valid, but it was just it was magic to see data used in that way. Yes, for uh, someone that sucks at that kind of stuff, it, it was it, incredible. It's, it's magic when you get into it and you understand uh, the what, the what it does, and what it brings to you. Yep. Uh, what what I liked in this article, uh, this one uh, from from uh, Alessandro, and uh, was talking about. Um, how uh, we could derive the player motivations from their gameplay data. It's absolutely incredible. If you if you read the original paper and you see how it was done and uh, what it allows to do, it's, it's absolutely incredible. And yeah. we are doing even cooler stuff right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so how, how uh, to kind of go back to your job and the AAA industry, like how is... Are we going to start with, I guess, how is data derived? Where do you get the data from? Okay, so um, what's happening is when 
when you play a game, uh, and most games are online right now, there is a flow of data that is reaching our, our servers, and we have a lot of information about what you're doing in the game, basically. So first of all, do you have the game? Uh, have you just started it? Um, or um, which game mode you're playing? Uh, are you, if it's a, a game with combat, are you dying? Uh, are you winning? Uh, and uh, a couple of context elements about this. So it's really, uh, there's a lot, a lot of data uh, being gathered, uh, which is super cool. And which is even more cool that it's done um, very carefully. It's GDPR compliant. So we don't have any access to any personal information. So we don't know who you are, but we know how you play. Yep. And this is very, very, uh, it, it, it's incredible information mine. It's, it's gold, gold nuggets. Um, for example, um, because there's a question also, like, w why should we do it? Why should we try to do advanced data processing with all this, um, this matter? And here I have a, a little um, anecdote here. Um, there was um, somewhere in the Pacific uh, Islands a, a little shell, okay, that um, actually research recently f found that it was uh, producing a, a toxin, a very specific toxin, and it was discovered as super powerful for um, medicine, okay. And at the time, um, the inhabitants of these islands were um, were liking these specific shells, and they were using them to make you know, necklace, shell necklace. And if you think about it, I have the feeling, it, it's just that they didn't know that there were these uh, wells of, uh, uh, in, in, these, uh, in these shells. But if you think about it, uh, we are doing a lot of shell necklaces from the data we have. Um, we could maybe extract uh, a little more of this super high uh, value toxin and make um, medicine or make something really, really bigger out of it. Yep. So we have now extracted the data. Yeah. Um, then it comes in, in this huge database. Yep. And then we can start, you know, uh, having uh, fun playing with it and doing a lot of things with it. Um, what we do immediately with it is, of course, um, compute some analytics, some KPI, like uh, we, we want to know how many players we have, we want to know if they are active, we want we want to understand if they are still here, if they are uh, leaving, if they are leaving, maybe why, what can we do to improve this and uh, all of this type of things. It's also used to build all the reports that um, the, the production team, the management wants to, to take decisions. Um, this, uh, this part of the job is done in collaboration with the analytics team, and in the data science uh, realm here, we are building advanced data processing to apply um, well, to apply more advanced solution when it's needed. For example, um, we can do uh, we can count the players. We can count players that are doing this and this and that. We can have all of these pie charts and uh, nice uh, reports. Uh, but if a production game designer comes and say, hey, I want to know what are my players doing with the gear and items we have released in the latest title update? Uh, what are the builds they are using, you know, theory crafting their, their builds in game? Uh, then it's something that comes on our side, uh, in, in our team, and we deploy all the 
magic uh, of, of data science to answer this question and help um, the, the, the production uh, to, um, to, to take decision. So maybe that's something about decision, data being data-driven versus being data-informed. We can talk about this after if you want. I just watching <laughs> this here. <laughs> but speaking of that topic, you actually yeah. released a paper on a similar thing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about the um, the player builds. This yep. is the the paper. Uh, Again, a big smile. Yes. On David's left here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm I'm super happy uh, of this uh, work in particular, but there are many others we we have also in the team. Um, I'm very happy of this one because it's one of these examples when um, data science actually um, provides an answer uh, to a real world question and it's helping really i'm saying that modestly because it's a contribution but it's just helping a game being better and it's it's this is why we are here i mean we want to make the best games in the world uh and every every little uh step we can do in that direction uh we, we have to take it uh if we can yeah so we're su super happy to to help with uh, with that kind of uh, project there are other ones i can also uh, uh further elaborate uh, you mentioned uh comdev mm -hmm. we have also um contributed to helping uh comdevs to know what's happening on the social media side uh about the games they they are following yeah. uh just to clarify for the people uh comdev stands for community development yes yeah yeah uh, so, for example, uh, Comdev would like to know, yes, uh, what, what's, what's happening um, with my game right now? I sense, I have a feeling from what I read that there is maybe a positive vibe ongoing or maybe a negative uh, trend. But is it real? Is it uh, something strong? Is it something we should act upon? Then um, going from um, a feeling uh, to quantitative-based um, insight, like, okay, this is going very well and this is the reason or this happened there was maybe uh, a bug something people are really unhappy about this bug and this is the main trending topic right now so let's take it as something uh, priority uh, and and kind of things that we we are also super happy to uh, to help yeah. um, so what uh, going into the more practical side I think we're getting a, a general idea of what you do and, and kind of the results. Or wait, I want to talk about one more. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just, just jump around a little bit. Um, because one of your colleagues, uh, Richard, held a presentation the other day here at Massive. And he talked about very, he talked about data and what you guys do. And then it was kind of also about what you as a company, how you handle the data or how you deal with it. Like not not the saving of where the data goes on a computer, but but how you deal with it to make decisions about a product or a, a, an in-game development, like where are we going? And he talked about various levels that various companies do, like they don't care about the data or they, I think, cherry pick the data that they, they want. But then there are the two other ones. And one was data-driven, which is just like data is king, data yes. makes all the decisions yes but then there was the middle one that yeah. he talked about um adopting was uh data informed yes can you explain what data informed means in, in triple a gaming context it's um okay if you if you want to go data driven 
it's in, it's not bad per se. It's a way to to drive your decision purely based on data, and it's very valid. For example, if you're in the um, free-to-play ecosystem, if you are doing maybe mobile, then uh, you you need to take decisions based and relying much, much more on the data and what's happening for your game, because this is a survival question. In another in other business models, and especially for AAA, um, data-driven is something that is, we believe, not the best solution, because uh, having data, having figures is good, but it's not enough to take the best possible decisions. We have at Ubisoft and, and at Massive, I believe, a very strong DNA around creation, creation, creativity. And we have, um, we, we want that the data helps creativity, but does not um, take over it. And, and in this, um, it, it's not easy to find the right level here, but this balance is crucial. And this is this balance, uh, this sweet spot that we aim uh, at, at uh, being, that we call data informed, meaning that we want the best uh, data uh, and results to help you taking the decisions, but at the end, you take the decision also because uh, there is something else than data in your head. There is, and and we want we want that also um, to to have uh, the full um, uh, the full power, right? Uh, you know, so uh, we, yeah, that we, we believe that's really um, that the best place to to be. Uh, for for us, oh, it's good to kind of know the philosophy where where all this is going. What the end result that the player in the end sees is still based on those kinds of decisions you're talking about. Which is uh, an example is of a data inform is if if we go back to to this um, um, play bills um, that we, we we did, it's it's not the results of this uh, work is not taken as. Uh, this is what you have to do. This is, it doesn't tell any, it doesn't have any uh, such power, but it's going to give game designers the lead that, uh, and, and the ideas of what they could do next for the next title update. And to, to be honest, as a, uh, as a data scientist, um, we are all aspiring to this day, you know, when someone uh, comes to you and say, you know, I just, um, took what you, what you did, um, and I applied it. I, I, I used this data to, to use my creativity and do something better. And I'm super happy with where I, uh, what I've done and the players, because after that we, we check if it's working or, or not. And the players bought it too. Yeah. So it means it was the right choice. Right. And this choice was taken by humans, yeah. informed by the right data. Yeah. So um, how... Like, we're just going to get practical for a yes, second. Yes, yes, yes. Like, really, we, we've talked about it on, on higher levels and what it is and what it does and, and how to use it and how to approach it. Uh, but how, when you sit down in front of the computer, what, do you, what, what are the tools that data scientists here at Massive, what do you use? So we use, um, it's, uh, for the pure data science uh, tasks, um, let's say... Uh, even if it's not the best programming language in the world, and we know it, uh, let's face it, Python is king. And so we we use um, mainly Python as uh, programming language, SQL being uh, his best friend. Um, R is still there, but we, 
I mean, it, it's really reply answering specific needs, so we don't use it so much. Um, Scala is uh, also a very powerful language, and it's a good quiver to add to uh, a good arrow to add to your quiver if, right. if you want it. Um, and in terms of tech, uh, you know, we use a lot of Spark uh, related uh, tech for big data processing. Uh, although we also rely on um, cloud-based uh, solutions like Amazon Web Services, but not only there are other players here we are also uh, using. So we have a lot of different tools and technologies uh, at our hand. We have also uh, the chance uh, to have a lot of um, support uh, from uh, from teams inside Ubisoft that develop uh, specific tools for us. So we, we don't own the, the, the whole a chain of data processing. Uh, it's uh, there is a common uh, basis for all Ubisoft. So yeah, we we have lots of uh, possibilities, lots of tools, and should we want to use another one, then uh, if it has to be used, if it makes the the job, if it answers a specific uh, need, a data science need, then we use it. Yeah. Um, we're gonna get into kind of. I want to know now we've talked about the tools like how to get into this because i'm sure there's people listening at home now that that are interested in in data maybe not under or never thought really about applying it to games in this way but i i want to before we get into kind of tips and tricks with those people i i really want to just go back to the notes we did a pre-interview a couple of weeks ago yeah and one thing i loved about this and that was kind of connected to people that are interested in working with data or becoming data uh, scientists or analysts is that you as a kid and I just love this you put things into files yeah can, yeah, can yeah. You, like what can, and I, I think it goes into also one other thing you told me which I also love oh I'm, I'm messing stuff up in the studio um <laughs> Was data is magic. So, uh, what happened? What 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 was it as a kid that made you feel like you you started organizing things? In yeah, that way? yeah. It uh, I I don't have any explanation for this. It just felt uh, natural. Uh, How I, did you do it? What was it? I, I had one of these, um, um, you know, paper, a lot of paper and pens, and I was just writing a lot of these, a lot of information about a lot of data about what uh, a lot of things I could, uh, I could just gather. Uh, it was mainly about games, of course, but not only. And I had the intuition, uh, I don't know how to, to, to put words on it, but I knew that data was kind of all around us. And we, we would be able to get more and more of what capture the world around us into numbers uh, and do something out of these numbers and then get back in the world with this. And, and yeah, it started very, very, uh, very early. And uh, it was very natural for me to go, you know, uh, in all this, uh, this curriculum, all of these studies. I, I loved also just pure mathematics uh, for the beauty of it, um, because uh, when you go into this space of, uh, for example, proving a theorem and you can look at a theorem proof and appreciate its inherent beauty, you know, in, in the reasoning. And you can compare two proofs and say, oh, I prefer this one. It's more elegant. 
it's it's something. Uh, it, it's really something. And having the two together, so the data and the mathematics, and uh, it's it's just magic. It's it's fantastic. Yeah, I, I love hearing you talk about that because as someone that have tried but can't really understand math very well, and hearing people like like you talk about the magic behind these things, uh, data, math, how that goes together, it's just fascinating. And behind the magic, there's also a lot of sweat and work. Of course, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meaning that uh, to make um, to make these things work, yeah, I you have to. You have to love the data, yeah. meaning that when you have this, it, it, it's kind of abstract, you know, when you're manipulating these gigabytes or terabytes of data, it can sound pretty uh, far from, from us. But actually, what I prefer in, the, in, in, the, in this job is that it's always possible to zoom in yeah. and have a look at just a couple of, you know, real data points. And then I can... You can see through them. Say, okay, there is maybe something here. There is a pattern. There is something, and then you zoom out and you go back with your macro tools, able to manipulate and juggle with these again terabytes of data, and 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 extract. You know, like uh, extract the the very uh, we are back to the gold nuggets or to the toxin out of the shell. Yeah, no, it's 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 fascinating. So if if I'm at home, uh, you you have a couple of resources here. But before we get into those, um, if I'm sitting at home and really just finding this incredibly fascinating, uh, maybe even on my way to a uh, career in in that kind of research or similar research, um, what tips would you have for me? Like more practical things. More practical thing, uh, I would start with. Um take going through some online resources uh online courses there are a bunch of very good ones uh, out there i could not recommend enough the fantastic uh, machine learning from stanford uh, coursera's andrew eng uh, mooc uh it's a super nice place to start with uh and then you can have also uh if you want to deep into the to go deep into the math and the stats you have Introduction to Statistical Learning at Springer. That is a super good book. Uh, very uh, uh, like uh, accessible uh, when you have the the background uh, in 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 math. Uh, and um, yeah, if you want to play with some um, examples, you have um, um, you have a lot of free data sets. Uh, online, you have even a platform where you can compete uh, for on data science. You have so this is Kaggle. It's also good because uh, with I would start with simple ones because Kaggle can become super competitive and high uh, high ended uh, quickly. But there are some tutorial uh, examples there uh, that you can start playing with. Uh, there's a, a super classical one. Uh, where you get the data set from the Titanic, uh, you know, from uh, and then you have to predict the chances of survival. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it sounds crazy like this. It, okay, it's just an exercise, right? <laughs> but, but you can end up pretty much with a pretty good accuracy of predicting, uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> That's super this, fascinating. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's uh, yeah, just an example. Um, but overall, this, once you have gone through the basics um and also there is also i have here a, a reference about 
um, the first uh, uh, programming uh, in Python. I think it's something like, uh, yeah, data sense from scratch, this one, uh, first principle with Python at uh, O'Reilly's. So this is also a good introduction book to, to, to get started with uh, concrete data science. Yep. But when you have done all of that, nothing will replace the uh, making projects yourself, uh, taking a real data set and playing with it and trying to do something concrete out of it. Because then you will hit walls. Then you will start wondering, uh, you will start asking yourself the right question. For example, you know that the data can be standardized, normalized. You can do a lot of operations on the lines, on the columns. You know it, it's theory. But then you have a data set and you have to do something out of it. And then you start really asking, should I do it now in this case uh, and how? And uh, and how does it work? And, and this is when you're hitting, for example, this kind of walls, then you start making your own experience and you start um, building up your 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 let's say tool set and your mindset and you start doing the job the real one we, you have a, a saying uh, for data scientists that data science is uh, 80% uh, data manipulation and 20% complaining about it <laughs> Do you think we we asked a similar question on a completely different topic though? But but I still want to ask it. Do you is this the the kind of approach in the analytical thinking? Is that something you can learn from scratch? Yes. Like it's not something that's inherent in in the approach. No, 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 no. no. You you can learn it. Um, if you're interested in something, I think that the interest-driven learning is the most powerful power of the mind, uh, yeah. and. Of course, uh, you need this mathematics basics. Of course, you need this engineering and pro programming, computer science basics. Uh, it's not something you can learn uh, in a minute, but yes, yes, it's definitely possible to to learn all of it. And you know, you have a lot of examples uh, out there of people who just learned from scratch, and it was not even their first, their major, and right. their, their studies. They're pretty you know, fantastic at it. So yeah, if you like it, if you want it, just Go out and do it. It's going to work. I like that. I, I like that as an ending. Go out and do it. Yeah. Um, we're going to have some fika. Oh, yes. Because they are, again, on, you can't see them on audio, but they look really good. Yes. We're not stopping the fika part, are we? Please. My producers. Ella is just, she doesn't know. <laughs> um... But thank you so much for coming, David. It has been so enlightening to hear about your work. Thank you very much for inviting me. And yeah, let's have some let's have this speaker. <laughs>